From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Hey, J.R., big story last week. Governor Evers announced he wants to renegotiate the state's contract with Foxconn. He says it's unrealistic to think the Taiwanese company will employ 13,000 people at the LCD screen manufacturing plant in Racine County, especially given that the size of the facility has been reduced. Were you surprised by this news, and what do you make of the reaction from lawmakers? Uh, I'd be surprised. No, I I think people have been following Governor Evers have noticed that, you know, on the campaign trail last year, he said he wanted to bring more accountability and transparency to Foxconn, that he had issues with the contract. Um, He's raised concerns before, so I don't think that his statement is that uh, startling anybody, especially because, you know, he said he's going to have his administration review the permits and that kind of thing, so that's not a surprise. What's interesting is um, Republican lawmakers, in particular because they voted for the, the package, uh, leadership was critical of Governor Evers saying he's trying to undermine the deal, that it would dissuade other companies from coming to Wisconsin and investing here because um, if you're going to renege on this deal, like what else would you go back on? When asking people about that dynamic, what they point out to me is that, you know, in some ways, Governor Evers is in a difficult position, right? Because like he's even, even said, you know, where it's 13,000 employees with 1,300, so a lot of people working at that plant if it comes to pass. So how does he address it? You know, on his base, the Democratic base, they're not big fans. So, you know, they're, he, if he criticizes it, he's kind of okay with those folks. But if you want to succeed, you have to be a cheerleader for it um, because, you know, obviously you want jobs in Wisconsin or can you play middle ground? And that's a difficult spot to be, especially because Republican lawmakers who back this proposal, you know, they've been sticking to like, hey, this thing could still be 13,000 jobs, what it was envisioned originally. But they can now use Evers as a scapegoat if this project does not live up to the original billing. And remember, the original billing was up to $10 billion investment, up to 13,000 employees, what we call a Generation 10 facility. That makes uh, LCD screens the size of a garage door, basically. You know, not quite that size, but roughly gives you an idea that they're massive screens. Now we're talking about a Generation 6 facility, which still is making screens, but they'd be more like big screen TVs. We're not talking like those massive ones um, we're talking about before. They've also talked about doing um, research and development there or um, packaging. So the plant is evolving in part because the market is evolving. I mean, it's more than just this incentive package in you know, little old Wisconsin. Um, there are global market forces that impact what Foxconn is doing with its screen um, division. So there's a lot of going on right here. And on top of all that, there's a political aspect to this. Because remember, you know, Governor Walker, when he was running for the election last year, said, if you want Foxconn to succeed, um, he needs to be reelected. That didn't happen, obviously. Uh, President Trump is very much intertwined with this project because he touted it. He came to the unveiling. Um, obviously, he has a relationship with the chairman of the company. What happens if you know, next year, President Trump is not reelected. What will Foxconn do then? There are all kinds of things like that that are to be determined. And we won't know for years if this company, this plant's going to be everything it was built to be. And if the investment Wisconsin is making, it's going to have to be a good one. What happens next? Um, how would this renegotiation come about? 
Well, it's a good question. Um, both sides have to agree to renegotiate the contract, I believe. Um, and Evers hasn't really been specific what he might be talking about. But, you know, some examples you can think of are, you know, when this was first envisioned, uh, the city of Racine asked for permission to divert up to 7 million gallons a day of water from Lake Michigan. Well, I think of that, 5.8 million roughly would have gone toward Foxconn. Well, now it's a smaller production facility. What does it need? Um, does it change the requirements for air permits? Remember, uh, the state of Wisconsin is investing money in expanding roads around Foxconn. Do those roads need to be expanded for the facility they're talking about now? Those are questions that I can't answer. And I'm just throwing things out there as what maybe those are things they would talk about or look at. Also last week, the state Supreme Court agreed to consider a legal challenge to Republican-backed laws passed in the lame duck session in December. Those are the laws that limit the powers of new Democratic Governor Tony Evers and Attorney General Josh Call. The high court set oral arguments for next month. Several liberal-leaning groups have challenged the laws. The case has gone through several courts, with some courts issuing only partial rulings. Where does the case stand now, and what elements will the Supreme Court hear? You know, I've been joking at this point, you almost need a spreadsheet to keep track of all the challenges that we have, because the first one was in federal court about the restrictions on early voting. Um, there's an injunction on that one. We have two decisions out of Dane County. Um, one of those now is the case that went to the appeals court, which now the Supreme Court has agreed to take. Uh, we also still have a complaint that State Rep. Jimmy Anderson filed because uh, he's in a wheelchair and he had to leave the assembly get out of that chair because you only have so many hours you can be in it before he needs to get out. Um, he was out there for the vote because the Republican leaders violated the open uh, meetings law, I believe, by not having him involved. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. But the big thing to watch right now is the Supreme Court. Um, it has agreed to take the case on bypass of the appeals court. There are also those issues hanging out there about the appointments that Governor Evers rescinded in a window between a Dane County judge ruling that the actions in the lame duck session were null and void, essentially. And an appeals court put that, uh, stayed that ruling. He rescinded appointments and then reappointed most of them, but not all of them. Uh, the Supreme Court also last week shot down several requests that Republican lawmakers had made to restore those appointments. But there's still one avenue active um, that the court could consider and take that move. I don't know if they will. But there are several moving pieces right now of this case. And ultimately, you know, however it plays out, the Supreme Court will have to weigh in on this key issue of whether lawmakers can meet in the extraordinary session like they did in December, if there's anything at issue with that, with the Constitution. Uh, that's the crux of the Dane kind of ruling in that piece of the case that lawmakers convened improperly. Um, Republicans say, look, they have that power to convene when they want to. And if you toss out extraordinary sessions, you're going to invalidate all kinds of local laws. So uh, it's a key issue for the court to decide. On another topic, Attorney General Call says he's not going to launch a new investigation into the Lincoln Hills Juvenile Facility in northern Wisconsin after a federal investigation ended with no charges. Call says federal authorities conducted a full and thorough investigation into the facts. Did this surprise you? No. Uh, the feds, when they announced that they were not going to bring charges, they noted the essentially very high high. Uh, hurdle you have to climb to prove uh, the, these charges. Uh, if they weren't confident they could prove it, I'm not sure what Attorney General could do differently. Um, now, 
one thing to watch is there's a federal lawsuit over treatment of people, uh, the teenagers who are at this facility, that produced a requirement that the state begin changing some policies up there. There was a monitor's report that was filed not long after Josh called it, made that statement, suggesting they were not quite living up to some of those requirements. Um, watch and see if that can be a problem, if there are going to be you know, more reports of them falling short of the agreement, because that might be something that you could see people going back into, uh, or you know, it was a federal court or somebody else for more uh, for, for the review. It also brings up you know this whole process of closing the prison, right? Uh, Governor Evers has said he wants to close it, but he wants an open-ended deadline. He doesn't want a firm one. Um, and the bill approved last spring. Uh, they put it out there, I think 2021, something like that. So you're talking um, whether they're going to move forward with that deadline. Lawmakers talked about putting a six-month delay. Governor Evers wants you know an open-ended thing. The issue for Evers is this. The longer those prisons stay open, the more those problems become his because he now oversees it. It's his administration. And if anything else keeps going wrong, it's going to be kind of at his feet. So people I talk to you think that it's the faster they can get that closed and these teens transfer to other facilities, the better off it'd be politically for Governor Evers. And finally, President Trump, who narrowly won Wisconsin in 2016, is going to make a trip back here for a campaign rally in Green Bay on Saturday night. In the meantime, Democratic presidential candidate Cory Booker will be in Milwaukee on Tuesday. Other Democrats who've come through Wisconsin recently include Bernie Sanders, Julian Castro, Amy Klobuchar, and Beto O'Rourke. So is this what we can expect? Frequent stops from presidential hopefuls and perhaps somewhat regular rallies from the president? Yeah, I mean, the president, looking at his poll numbers, you know, like we're still a long way away from November of 2020, but his current poll numbers suggest he's not going to expand the map dramatically from what he won in 2016. Now he is talking about going after places like Minnesota and Colorado and Virginia, but he really needs to focus on keeping the states that he won, making that a priority. And we're one of the key ones for him because we talk about the blue wall the Democrats used to have or count on of Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. They were rock solid for presidential elections. That wall crumbled in 2016. If you look at the 2018 election results, it looks like Pennsylvania and Michigan performed a little bit better for Democrats than Wisconsin did. So if you're going to keep that coalition together for President Trump, you need Wisconsin. You start there, lock that down or try to lock that down. For Democrats, you know, one, if you take Wisconsin away from President Trump, he's in world of hurt unless you can find some other states to pick up. And two, it's a symbolic thing. You know, Hillary Clinton did not come to Wisconsin between the April primary and the November general election. Um, that joke has been told repeatedly in political circles about how she, you know, just didn't come here and lost by 22, 23,000 votes. So Democrats are aware of that. They want to symbolically come here and show they're committed to Wisconsin. And oh, by the way, it's symbolic of that blue wall trying to rebuild it. And as an added benefit, we have the national convention coming here next summer. So there are all kinds of reasons for Democrats to come here. Some of them are just plain about courting votes. Some of it's symbolic, too. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.